Jay, you want to hear a great story? Lay it on me. So I heard Moshe Weinberger was talking about how he was having um, some difficulty at school. And he was really bothered by it. And he called up his dad. And, and his dad said, you know, come on down to the stores. I think his dad was running a laundromat. And he walked into the store. And his dad immediately turned on the clothes side, you know, turned around the side, closed, shoot out the customers, and locked the store. All the while, his mom, who was working at the store also at this laundromat, was really getting upset at his dad, saying, what are you doing? You're going to upset customers. They're going to be, they're not going to come back. You can't just kick people out. And he calmly, patiently turned to her and said, why do you think I'm working? The only reason I do what I do, the only reason why I work this hard, the only reason why I commit myself to this job is for my children. So it would be counterproductive, it would be counterintuitive to, you know, not focus on my kids at the expense of my work. And I think that that story just really encapsulates how, how we can approach how we can approach work so well you know that brings to mind something that i've been thinking a lot about benji um about finding meaning in work meaning what are we doing what are we working towards and that really helps put some thought to it um i would love to explore that more with you and, well why don't we yeah. go ahead and do that so um we'll be right back with the start of mindful work What happens when a CEO, a shrink, and a rabbi start talking about mindfulness at work? Just about anything. Thank you for joining us at Mindful Work. You can learn more about this podcast at www.mindfulwork.show. And now, Mindful Work presents the author and clinical psychologist, Rabbi Dr. Benji Epstein, tea industry executive and award-winning educator, Rabbi Jason Rosen, and your host, Dan Cohen, CEO and founder of Full Court Press Communications. Enjoy the show. I want to welcome everybody to the Mindful Work Podcast. It's a place where we bring a Jewish lens and a mindfulness lens to issues in the workplace. We look at how we can become better leaders, better employees, and better people in order to meet the needs of our clients and customers. We have with us, as always, rabbi and psychologist, Rabbi Dr. Benji Epstein, author of Living in the Presence, a book on Jewish mindfulness from Orem Publications, due out this fall. Welcome, Benji. Hey, guys. Hey, Benji. How's it going? And we have with us uh, Rabbi Jason Rosen, an award-winning educator who now serves as an executive in Israel's tea and coffee industry. And on the side, he dabbles in a little Pixar. Welcome, Jason. Welcome, welcome. Good to be here. Excellent. And I'm Dan Cohen, founder of FCP Communications, a 20-year veteran CEO of a professional services company. And what we're trying to do here is bring the wisdom of a rabbi, a CEO, and a shrink to the challenges that face us at work. Uh, if you'd like to listen to previous shows or find us online, you can go to www.mindfulwork.show. And today we want to explore the topic of meaning at work. Can you find meaning at work? Is that even a realistic question? So, Jason, Benji, I ask you guys, how do we define what it means to find meaning at work? I'd start off with just this idea that um, it's very subjective, meaning from one person to the other, right, their experiences, their work, their opportunities is going to vary. But I'm curious to see if there's something that we can put over this whole idea of work to help guide people towards meaningful work. I'm going to ask, answer the question with another question, Dan, in that sometimes people feel the need to have um, 
real meaning at work and, and feel like, you know, if they can't have this tremendous impact, then it's almost not worth doing. And I think that gets a lot of people stuck also. So it's also how we're sort of going to be defining meaning. Um, cause I, I hope the answer is yes. I mean, you could find meaning in, in most anything you do. I wonder as you think about, is it possible to find meaning at work? How would you, how would you answer the question? Is it possible to find meaning at work? I mean, I know I have my thoughts, but I wonder, do you have a thought on that? I want to start with maybe can we define I, I, meaning as purpose, right? Meaning whether it's saving, you know, people's lives or whether whatever it may be that you're doing, but but having a, a, a defined purpose, a direction of where you're putting your focus, your energy, your time. Is that fair to say? I, I look to the shrink now. No, I think I think I think it's really intention. It's coming. I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record. But intention is is something that's so key um, as to what your intentions are when you're approaching your your work, you're approaching your job, and how do you view it? Um, is it something that has to be meaningful all the time? Does it have to be in the helping fields? I, I think a person can find just like I think a person can be successful. Um, in a monetary, in a monetarily, in a monetary sense, um, regardless of what you're doing, you could be selling Freon, you could be do, doing acrobatics. Um, so it's the same thing. You could be making money if you're successful. You have the Zeit, you know, Zitzfleisch. My English is terrible tonight. Um, and so, yeah, the answer is 100% yes, but it's also, it, it can't be um, all the time. Like you're not always going to be hitting it out out of the park. And I think that that's something that people struggle with, that it's not always meaningful. It's not always something that is substantial or feels substantial. Is there, um, is it a good idea to leave your job if you can't find meaning at work? Is it a, should you leave your job? Again, once again, it's a subjective question. I think that a person who feels like they have this burning desire, this 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 untapped need to be more creative, be more artistic, be more um, just different. Um, I, I think that people are naturally drawn, especially people who grew up with a certain upbringing. They're certainly drawn to a, a career. It's sort of like how it exactly went and got that way and how it looks. I imagine that you can't ask anybody. It's like, did you think that it was going to look like this? Mm -hmm. You know, when you were in college and you were majoring in communications, you're majoring in psychology. Did you think you were going to, I was like, no, I can't imagine anyone says I, this is exactly how I pictured it except for LeBron James. God bless him. You know, but most people don't get to do that. He definitely of, pictured that. Sure. I mean, I think he's, he's been thinking that since he was in, in, in middle school. Um, a business mentor just, of mine once us, said, us. yeah, yeah, but a business mentor of mine once said, what's in the way is the way. And that, you know, the, 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 there's sort of being in that moment, you know, saying, okay, I've made these choices. I've opened these doors and closed these doors. I'm here now. And I can't beat myself up about why I'm here now or what's brought me here now. Um, and that's something that when I'm mentoring young employees, I always try to, to tell them is that, yeah, the path, the path is not straight. The path is curved. The path is going to take you through multiple stops. Maybe it's going to take you through positions where you're not passionate, but maybe you take that job to get a skill or you take that job to um, build your network or you take that job to to try something new. But 
the the uh, the what's in the way is the way. I think that's a great way to to think about finding meaning, maybe where it's not obvious what the meaning is. I think also what what you're saying brings to mind this idea of just thinking about the meaning is mm. part of as part of the way, right? Meaning the way that we should be going. That you're asking the question whether you're happy or not, or whatever it is that I'm doing, but the focus and the thinking about the thinking is is part of defining meaning. I love that idea. The idea that even just asking the question is the first necessary step to get there. Benj, what do you think? I think the questions are key, meaning it's it's really the clarification questions and it's the ability, just like the Mr. Elsie Sharm starts off saying, meaning it has to be hold on, hold on, wait, 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 you got to do that like 64 miles an hour slower. Can you do that for me? Okay. So Rabbi Moshe Chaim Litzato in his classical Musa work, The Path of the Just, opens up with the question that it should be clear to a person that it should be, it should be, it's a, it's a, I'm not sure how you distinguish between the two of them, but it should be abundantly clear to a person what his obligation is in this world. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily just mean spiritual uh, pursuits, but um, I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask you, Dan, and saying that I feel people, uh, you know, coming out of college feel this need to have the answers already. That they should be that they should be clear about this, and I think that that's something which is um, unrealistic and ends up causing a lot of of um, just frustration and feeling stuck because you know you come out of college and like I don't have it figured out, and if I don't have it completely figured out, then I can't apply for this job. Even though like you'd be saying, hey, learn a skill. You know, you're sort of drawn to this field. Why don't you try it out? But there's this there's this fear of trying it out even because there's this need to have it like you need to have it all figured out by the time you are 21 and it's just it creates a lot of pressure i don't know if you see that at all i do and i think the three of us are good examples of that journey jace i don't know if you want to talk about that but you know we've all started in one place and i think ended up in a a very different place um i guess the sort of the the idea that we can ask these questions and then the questions can stay with us all day um Jason, maybe as somebody who spent a quite a bit of time learning and Benji who spends a bit of time sort of giving advice, I wonder if you have any thoughts about sort of those questions and the learnings that stay with us through the day. Uh, Jason? Yeah, you know, this brings to mind something um, that we were discussing, this idea of ideas that stay with us or the questions that stay with us the day or values. There is a tradition we have that we make a blessing over our Torah study. And the blessings of our Torah study are done in once a day in the morning, generally, and we don't make an, you know another blessing. If I learn later in the day, do some Torah study later in the day, my blessing from the morning is for the whole day, as opposed to let's say blessings on food. Right, every time I take a drink of water, I would make another blessing. But Torah study is different, and the idea behind it, I was taught, was that the Torah study is not just when you open up the book, but it's the values and the, the principles that guide our actions throughout the day. It's the business meetings, it's the interactions with people, it's how you walk down the street. So meaning the idea here is that there are ideas that walk with us, there's meaning that follows us throughout the day. And I think that's comparable to what we we're talking about here in the sense that 
you know, like there may not be, let's say to, to take this from a different angle, there may be parts of the job that you're most excited about. And there's sometimes there are parts of the job that you're less excited about. Right. But it, it's the bigger picture here, looking at kind of the direction and the values that you're putting all together. Benji, what about you? What about sort of helping somebody ask the right question or helping somebody learn a concept and having it stay with them for the, uh, you know, for the rest well, of the day? But even without not having the answer, meaning just the comfortability in asking the questions and being comfortable with not having a direct answer. The, the, the Mishnah Perkeavo says, meaning you're never going to learn if you're not able to ask the questions. But if you need the answer right away, if you have that instant gratification, uh, and, and you'll never really allow the answer, you know, the, the wisdom of the universe to sort of answer that question. Um, I'll share a, a letter from Rainer Wilk, Rilke, excuse me, I'm saying his name wrong, Rilke, um, who was writing to, somebody was asking him how to become an author. And um, he was just, he didn't really, he wanted him to critique his writings because he had gone to the same school. And he wrote back to him and the person compiled the letters he wrote in response. Um, and one of the things he, he writes back to him is he asked the person to, um, to love the question. And, and that's part of it is to start to just be able to ask the questions. Um, and that, uh, I said the quote, I beg you to have patience with everything unresolved in your heart and to try to love the questions themselves as if they were locked rooms or books written in a very foreign language. Don't search for the answers which could not be given to you now, meaning you're not able to hear the question, the answer right now. And if you try to force the issue, you're going to end up missing out on that opportunity, you know, because you lack that patience because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything, live the questions now. Perhaps then someday far in the future, you will gradually, without even noticing it, live your way into the answer. So you're, if you're constantly asking the question in that sort of open open-minded way in that, in that just the, the, even the questions in that open-ended way where you're not looking for that concrete answer, but you're constantly doing that to sort of calibrate yourself. Like what's really important and what do I really want? And what's the main thing for me? And it's, it's that cheshbon anefesh. It's that, that sort of um, doing that duties of the heart where you're, you're looking into yourself and you're, and you're asking these questions and then you get to the heart of understanding and getting to know your place and knowing yourself. And uh, it's something that you can't really force. That's the metacognition, right? Thinking about the thinking. And I, I love how you said it. Meaning we, it's thinking we, about can't, we can't have the answers, you know? But I think you're, what, you're, what I'm gleaning here is that meaning is derived here by just sitting in the questions, right? And, and, you know, you have your guiding principles, like we spoke about the blessings of the Torah, the direction that we're going, what we're involved in, but just being conscious and mindful of, like, finding meaning and purpose is what will guide us down that road. And I think even the Torah asks that, you know, ma Hashem shoel meimach, like, what does God ask of you? And if we sort of look at our life through that lens... And if we start reflecting on these questions, you know, in our 20s and our 30s, so it, your life is going to look different in your 40s, 50s, 60s. And you can ask that question at any point. That's the beauty of it. You can start asking that question, you know, when you're, when you're 85 years old even or 90. Um, but the more you start asking yourself this question, uh, you'll probably end up being more in line with the places where you 
you know, Dr. Seuss will tell you, you know, where you're, you're supposed to be going. So speaking of Dr. Seuss, I want to bring in the great wisdom of, of the great rabbi Martha Stewart, um, who <laughs> once said that as you think about your home, you should prepare for the 95% of your life when you're going to be there, not the 5%. Um, and I think that as you're thinking about, you know, the, the choices you're making, a lot of times people are, are, are trying to, to make decisions based on the outliers or based on the what ifs, as opposed to saying, I'm going down this road and I'm going down this road and I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to learn and I'm not going to worry about all these distractions on either side. Um, I guess I have a, a trick question for the two of you guys, but I think maybe it's a good way to go out um, is to ask, what is a question that people could ask themselves to sit with? as they think about a way to, to, to look at finding meaning or purpose at work. Is there a good question? I know, Benji, you sort of danced around a little bit, and Jason, I want to put you on the spot, but is there a good question that people can sit with and ask themselves um, as they think about, um, as they think about uh, finding meaning at work? And Jay, I'll, I'll ask you first. Um, definitely on the spot. What's a great question? Uh, you know, so I, I want to take it from the frame of reference of the Torah study, meaning maybe does this fit into my, into my greater values, right? Like, does this fit in the direction that I'm going? That's what I'd ask myself, you know, or is this taking me in a totally different way? And sometimes it may be, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily always wrong, but you have to Mm -hmm. ask yourself, is this the direction that on the path that I'm walking on right now? Fabulous. And uh, Rabbi Dr. Benjamin Epstein? I would agree with Jay. I would just, uh, you know, rephrase it in the, or just, uh, just to say, you know, like the way I sort of conceptualize it is, you know, what truly matters or, or what truly matters to me because that forces yeah. you to get to the real heart of the matter and it's the heart that matters more. Um, <laughs> nice. But I think you're is right. There a time to share, to is, the, there, is there a time to share a poem? Is there a time to share a poem? Uh, I don't think I want to inflict that on our listeners, but of course there's time to share a poem. It's our, it's our, it's our show. But, but before I do that, I did want to reflect that does, that does bring us full circle to the story you told about Reb Moshe Weinberger, um, one of the great rabbis of, of our century, um, whose parents owned the laundry. And the, the he's, notion that, you know. He's the captain. He's the captain. He's the captain of the ship. And, and you know, the idea was when he reached out to his father for help, um, his father closed the store and was present and was 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 there, a hero as you would call it was right there for his his son and 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 the question he asked himself is what am I doing here am I am I here to do laundry, or am I here to sort of fulfill a family's journey, and that may be a good sort of story or, or or analogy for folks to keep in mind as they walk away from this this episode to just think about like what am I doing here like what am I going to work to go to work am I going to work to support my family am I going to work to fulfill a mission am I going to work to fill a hole inside of me what what am I doing here and 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 who am I serving by doing that um, now I will uh, Rabbi Dr Benjamin Epstein ask you to share a poem with us um, that hopefully is not a limerick um, but fire two lines two lines two lines two lines it's not a limerick. Late Fragment by Raymond Carver. And did you get what you wanted from this life even so? That's the question. And did you get what you wanted from life, this life even so? I did. And what did you want? To call myself beloved. To feel myself beloved on the earth. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. My mind wow. is, my mind is uh, blown. That, that, that poem slays me. Yeah. It's that um, even so. 
you know, no wait, wait, matter wait, finish what that thought. you That's beautiful. We're saying that, 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 no, just focusing on the even so, meaning no matter what situation you find yourself in, you know, it just captures that, that reality that we've all sort of experienced. There's been pain and there's, there's the inevitable dis- disappointments and the way we sort of imagined it. And yet in spite of that, no matter what that is, you know, we can still do the things. If we're asking ourselves these types of questions, if we're focusing on these things, then we're going to be able to do what's really important, which is to call ourselves beloved, which is, again, has the initials B-E in it, which is, I've copyrighted that word now. But to, to feel beloved on the earth is, is, what, is what we all want. That's that common human response, to feel beloved. And, and to feel uh, beloved still, by, by all three parties, right? To feel beloved by others, to feel beloved by Hashem, and then to feel beloved by yourself. And that's that's the goal of finding meaning at the office. Beautiful. Um, well, with that, I would like to, to uh, thank um, my great peers in this journey, uh, Rabbi Jason Epstein, award-winning educator. No. Rabbi Close. Jason Rosen, <laughs> award-winning educator, uh, Israeli tea industry executive and Pixar aficionado, Rabbi Dr. Benjamin Epstein, um, rabbi Rosen. and psychologist and, uh, and <laughs> author of the upcoming Living in the Presence from Orem Publications. I'm Dan Cohen, and uh, thank you for joining us on Mindful Work, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.